The ever-changing CrossFit Games season has created new opportunities for athletes to make a career out of the sport. Today, we explore those opportunities. You're about to enter the Juice Athlete Compound on training. Tim Thackeray, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Juice Athlete Compound on training. How you doing? What's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing good. So I wanted to pick your brain a little bit today. We've talked a little bit about how the season has changed for CrossFit athletes because, you know, now the Open is going to be later in the year moving forward. This is the last year they're going to have it in March. Yep. And now we have all these sanctioned events having, happening throughout the year. I just want to get your thoughts on, A, how does that change an athlete's approach to the year in general? And then B, how does that change their training cycle as far as like the entire year is concerned? And do you feel like that's a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, this is a, a definitely a big change to, you know, everyone starts to make sense of what any sort of season or system is just when you do it long enough, you're like, oh yeah, uh, like like when I was competing in Taekwondo, we had our national team selection like January 3rd, January 6th. And you're just like, yeah, I just don't eat over the holidays. Yeah. It just seems kind of normal to you. <laughs> <laughs> but even though you look at it and you're like, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. You know, and why? Because they got like a free venue or something <laughs> the first week because no, no, no one else in their right mind wanted to do an event January 2nd. But it kind of starts to seem normal. So part of it with say the CrossFit Open and a lot of sports is they just look at when can they get their stuff? When could they have it? And it just kind of made you know, sense for whatever reason for them to do it then. Mm-hmm. But from an athletic standpoint, having that open at the start of the year really is not super ideal. And I'm glad they're changing that to later in the year for a few reasons. Uh, obviously, they're moving you know, this year. What, it's going to be 20 people outside of the sanctionals are going to qualify yeah. from the open. I think that's probably going to be less and less over time. Less people from the open? Less people from the open over years i think that'll probably be less i don't think they're going to keep 20 why, why do you think that didn't they say this year was uh they want to make sure they didn't miss anyone so right. they were doing that i think they're going to move more towards less of an emphasis on the open more the national champion to help the developing countries yeah be represented and that'll obviously help affiliate growth etc sure. so I, I get it from that standpoint and then for the heavy hitters it'll be sanctionals or you're just you're or you're already you know you're already matt frazier or whoever matt frazier is in five years do you think over time they'll start pulling uh more athletes from the podiums at these sanctioned events like something like wadapalooza if you could take the top three girls at wadapalooza and i mean they're all games athletes you know yeah, I could totally see that happening. I mean, if we were really trying to create a system that selected the best athletes, and that's what we want to talk about, then we would probably want to do that. After a couple times, we could do things like weight each event. Uh, I mean, how many games athletes are at Wadapalooza? Well, a ton. Yeah. It's going to be like that at a few of these, and you'll see some that don't really have the same amount. So yeah, it ends up being kind of the same idea there that you go, okay, well, maybe Brazil has one or two, and Wadapalooza and Granite Games have 40. Well, maybe they get two people. Maybe they get three. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be great to do. but uh, or, or like maybe a point system or something sure, like sure. that. To where, I mean, 
if, if you compete at five sanctionals and you're placing top 10 at all of them, but you don't quite crack the podium, maybe you could accrue enough points to earn your way in there. I don't know. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, like a league where it would end up becoming uh, the Indy League or uh, the FedEx Cup for golf or tennis, right? You have your points for the year. Sure. Uh, yeah. The downside of that is if you're in tennis and you go to every tournament and you lose your first match, you go to Australian Open, you lose your first match. Yeah. Right? Probably still got 30,000 bucks, 20,000 bucks, right? Like, I would love to be that crappy at tennis. Yeah. <laughs> like, How yeah. do you, Tim? Oh, I'm horrible, dude. Right. I'm horrible. Look at my house and look at my bed. <laughs> See this car? I got that. I lost straight sets to uh, to Serena Williams. I'm, yeah. I'm so bad. I'm losing in the women's game. Like, like I'm just getting schooled. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, who wants to go on my chopper? Yeah. So, so that, be- that begs the question, given that there's prize money and more and more of these things, which there never was at regionals, yeah. do you see kind of a new avenue opening up for athletes to where maybe they're not even focused on, hey, I want to make the games. Maybe they're like, I want to be a professional athlete. My focus is going to be qualifying for Dubai, Wadapalooza, and placing top 10, coming home with a paycheck, you know? Yes, uh, that would be, I forget if it was uh, Coach Glassman or someone else that had mentioned that in the beginning, but I think there is an enormous opportunity for athletes to make more money this way. Because before you had your one weekend, you had regionals, and that was still regional. Sure. There's other other events happening that same weekend. So if you're up and Froning's up in the same weekend, no one's watching you, right? I remember totally. that one time we, we did a... We did a video back when CrossFit Main Site was doing like coaching videos and they came out and filmed us and it was uh, like a 1K row plus uh, it was 10 muscle ups, 100 shoulder to overhead and a 1K row, right? Were you there that day? I don't. No, no, I wasn't. At the gym? I do remember what you're talking about though. Okay. So we, we, we had the whole crew out there. We're like, we had like a dozen of our heavy hitter guys and we're like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to show everyone like how, how big a studs our dudes are. Yeah. And... <laughs> Two things happened that day. Uh, one, Froning did the same workout at his gym, and he went unbroken on a hundred shoulder overhead. <laughs> and so that's all anyone talked about. And then a five year old did it from like CrossFit New England. Like they had like a five year old kid did it, and so no one cared about a bunch of like kind of good guys yeah. do it. It was like you have the best dude in the world, and you have a super cute kid. And I'm like, yeah, well that is stunk. So I can kind of that's kind of like regionals. Oh, you, yeah. you think it's your weekend? Well, this person's weekend. Oh, that's all they're talking about. But now. When it's Wadapalooza, it's Granite Games. That is the show. So I do think you could do that. Or even as an athlete, you could say, hey, as a package, I'll be at six events this year. Yeah. I will qualify for six. You For this much for the year, you could pay me and you'll be seen at six of them now. Yeah. Or, you know, having maybe a group of sponsors come together for some of the smaller to middle uh, range ones where maybe say, oh, my bar on its own can't sponsor, you know, this person. Maybe they can. I, I don't know their their business model, but let's just say that's, yeah. <laughs> just because we know Owen and he sponsored Haley before him. Sure. I'm, yes. I'm, using, I'm using him. But what if he partnered up with four other kind of, you know, a, a meal service and this and they kind of made a package of someone. Interesting. Like, well, yeah. We each can pay a thousand. Mm-hmm. And for you, that'll pay you six thousand for the year mm-hmm. and now as an athlete you're like well that gets me three trips yeah like cool like i'm, I'm getting there and you do a little hustle and uh, roll and you, you can make you know six events happen so because of that exposure there i think that's going to be good for the ones that can consistently get in there if you're doing the i'm going to do one and nothing again there's a lot of pressure on one but for the ones that can qualify i, I think it's gonna be pretty big there yeah and also i think the athletes that are at that level where like your velners or your frasers or, or tia or whatever where you're going to one you win your first one and now you can train for the rest of the year I don't think they necessarily need to worry about sponsors at that point. Again, I, I never want to assume people's stuff, but at the same time, yeah, at that level, 
I hope that they're being, you know, managed well enough and everything's sure. good enough that g- them getting to China, the visa is the hurdle, yeah. not the bank account. Yeah, And of for most athletes, it's the former. It's sure. like, I can get a visa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a plane flight with a visa, I have to have a ticket. Yeah. So, uh, so that would be it. So uh, for most of these people there, especially I'd say the ones that can get into pro at this stuff. That's good, mm-hmm. uh, but now you got to get into these events, and they're not making the money back. They're not making the twenty five thousand dollar check yet. Which, yeah. again, if we look at it as a, as a tour, a circuit where you're getting points over the year, maybe cool. Uh, you can do it. They do this in Taekwondo where they have a, a world point system, and you can actually qualify directly for the Olympics from it. But they're competing twenty times internationally now. Yeah. And the money is like garbage time. Yeah. So you're just racking up credit card debt and you'll do it. Totally. But is that really a sustainable model for, for athletes? I don't think so. That's something else too to consider because especially in an Olympic sport like Taekwondo is you, you're operating within a quad cycle. Really kind of the big show is every four years, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, the CrossFit Games operate a little differently, maybe closer to like, you know, World Championships or the X Games or something. It happens yeah. every year consistently. Every year. Speaking of every year, when we're talking about how this new format could benefit athletes within a training format, where do you see the big changes happening because the Open is starting in October now mm-hmm. and then sanctioned events after that? How do you see the layout of an elite athlete's training year changing? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's going to change it a lot. And I think it's going to change it for the better for almost everyone putting it at this time of the year versus in February. Let's just look at the current dynamic. There's a bunch of sanctionals right now happening and they're all over the open. It's kind of like the last chance. I know you have a couple more opens like Granite Games will be in uh, late May, early June. You have a few others, but the open is really kind of everyone's like, hey, we hope we get on the open. This is our last shot to to do it for 2019, more or less, right? A couple people will win Mm -hmm. a sanctional, but there's not a lot of spaces. Right. Previously, it was for everyday people. You're supposed to do the open. Yep. Right. Everyone's like, we got to do the open. That's fine. It can be a fun community event, but they want to do it. And that's kind of the pinnacle of the year. That's the biggest competition they'll be in for a lot of people. That's the sure. one if they don't pass that. There's other events. There's whatever the NOI is nowadays. There's whatever local throwdowns are, but those aren't bigger steps. Those are more training tools mm-hmm. to get better at the open. So now the open's their big event. That happens for them right after the start of the year. They may have been off on holiday. Yeah. They're getting back in. You know, new gym. The gym's getting a lot of new people started back up again and they're training and whatnot. Sure. And you go, okay, you really have a few weeks to kind of feel ready. That's not ideal. So if we look at it from, say, a big structural standpoint, having that main event for them at the end of the year is really good. Right. Uh, so that way they can start off the year and they get a couple months of, of, you know, a few weeks of accumulation, absolute strength, aerobic skill work, muscle endurance. They mm-hmm. get to go through that. Yeah. They finish up that, let's say, March or April. Now they go through, you know, working on some early lifts with uh, strength and strength endurance as the base of support. They're working uh, strength speed, more skill integration. They're getting things. Things, you know, now maybe they can do some higher skills or integrating that into aerobic environments or into skill pieces they didn't have before. Yep. A few months there, now it's June. Now we have a couple months again to build one more time, and now we're doing things like maybe lactic power, lactic endurance. We're hitting it a little harder. Those skills are getting more into everyday uh, workouts. They're you know moving down the piece, and now it's September or August. Now they have 
that six weeks where they've been training all year mm-hmm. and now we can go boom get ready for your big fun event so for them i think that works really well uh, for competitors because the games is going to be august still right anyone in the games let's say we think they can go again or they have a reasonable shot of going again yeah based on this format obviously previous format will not be the same people over and over a lot of people will never make the games again and some people will make the games that never did yeah that's just the truth of sport right so we look at it and we go okay that's August. Yeah. So anyone that didn't do it, they're they've been training and they're going into the open. Same idea. That's their big sure, event. Sure. They did some sanctionals and whatnot. They're hitting that really hard. And then they know if they're in or not. Yep. So now you know the start of the year. If you're Fraser, you win America or the world, or Tia wins the country she happens to be from, mm-hmm. probably Australia. <laughs> probably <laughs> right probably australia i guess i was i always want to say new zealand no no one really knows for sure and yeah the scholars maintain uh no one's actually ever been to australia so we can't tell for sure <laughs> but the, she wins australia so she's in they're already done now everyone can start to map out the sanctional year yeah from october through june and not like right now we're going, hey, should we go to China April 29th? Yeah. Well, what if Haley crushes the open here? What if Dylan does this? What if so-and-so goes here and they do? We're kind of up in the air. So by having that be the first thing to weed everyone out yeah. will help, I think, people know, well, I need $14,000 to get me through June travel-wise. And not how much do you need? I don't know. <laughs> maybe a lot. Maybe none. Maybe I qualify in the open and it's all good. Exactly. So I think just from a strategic standpoint for the advanced competitor, we went over the physiological parts. Uh, other really developed sports that have a good sports science background have these as kind of how their structures set up for the year. Like if you look at weightlifting, um, their world championships every year is in November because the goal is to see who can lift the most weights this year. So they yeah. want to give them the full year to train. Not, oh, it's November this year. It's in July because we're hosting it in Brazil. And, you know, it's fun in Brazil in July. So you got to do it in July there. And then, yeah. right, we're doing this. And, oh, you go well, this time of year in Switzerland is a party. So you right. got to stack it here. Or we can get the venue for free right, yeah. in January. <laughs> so now it's so what you give someone a two-month cycle to train. That's not how you lift the most weights. And if we're trying to find the people who can become the fittest, we want to have an agreed upon time. Yeah. One, to express their fitness in the open, the general, broad, inclusive fitness that we know it is. And then we also know to progress through there from different events. Now it'll be sanctionals. They have all year to punch your card if you have to. Yep. And then everyone else can just train up and say, hey, by here it's good. So again, back to weightlifting, November world championships. Okay. So before that you have somewhere usually July, maybe late June, early August is the continental championships. And why does that make sense? Well, if you finish, let's say in July, you have a little time to deload. Now you have August, September, October, you have three solid months to train for worlds. Mm-hmm. If and that's if you still had to compete at Pan Ams or, or Europeans or Asian championships or African games or whatever it would be. So if not, you're still training through that. You're kind of like the Matt Frey. You're just training through the whole year because yeah. you don't care about qualifying for Pan Ams. You're like, I'm going to win Worlds. Yep. But for everyone else that maybe is going to go to Worlds, they need to crush it at Pan Ams. Yeah. So that means they need to train before that. They need a three months solid of that. So winter nationals usually. For weightlifting yeah before that yeah april, april or may or something so that way if you do qualify to nationals let's say you're let's say you know you could make national team you don't care about nationals you show up you win or you do good enough that they're like you're in good shape yeah go to pan ams yeah but if not if you got to really crush it at nationals and you do and you max out and you hit your lifts well you probably need another three months to get back up to where you want to be yeah not three weeks 
or two months at least, right? Same thing there. Then that's why they have the local stuff is February, January. You have your qualifiers there, which would be kind of the open to start off their year. Or not, not even the open for them. That would be how it is now. But that's everyone's trying to do their biggest event then. And just a lot of people aren't ready. Yeah, totally. No, I, I love that format. I feel like it helps develop the athlete at the same time as it also tests the athlete, yeah. which is great. Yes. You know, going kind of along those lines, we've talked a little bit in the past about how if an athlete is not at a certain level yet, they need to stop competing and start training more, right? I feel like with all the sanctionals, it almost emphasizes that point even more. Yeah, big time. Before people were doing the open in kind of a regional setting and then maybe they squeak into an event. And I feel like just that doesn't happen as much anymore with these qualifiers and stuff. There's so many more qualifiers to do. A lot of people aren't doing this one or that one. So I feel like it helps on-ramp the athletes a lot better for those that are coming up to develop their skill and experience. And then it also gives them the option of like, when is it a good time for me to train? When is it a good time for me to compete? Rather than it just being the Open's here, Regionals is here, deal with it. Yeah, I uh, agree with that a lot where they're doing the Open, they're thinking if I just get the right workouts, I could squeak through and Regionals are really their games. Yeah. And that becomes, that's always what it was, right? Regionals was the Wadapalooza or the Granite Games or right. you know Dubai, that was it. Now sure. these bigger events are. I, 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 so again, I think it's a good thing time will tell to play it out right but you're right about that let's say you go through and so you're like i'm just going to train for the open if i just get really good at 12 minute amraps i could make it to regionals and then you're someone or you think you're more fit than you are because what you happen to be good at is what they selected at the stage not really broad fitness where mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a specific type of broad fitness broad broad aerobic muscle endurance right m- moderate load fitness right you're really good at that cool like good for you i'm not so (laughs) high five right like crush it but it can short-term their growth because now they're doing that they get in they get some positive feedback that i'm a regional athlete hashtag road to regionals (laughs) and now they're gaming that and it can it can stunt their long-term growth so by making it harder to make it into the games Mm -hmm. and making the open harder for talented athletes I think they've got to sit back and go, oh, I can't get into Wadapalooza like I want. I can't get in the Open or the games like I want. I'm going to just train for these three years and get really strong and really good and get a huge aerobic base and make muscle-ups be so easy. Then you come on the scene and you're like, who's this dude? For sure. Right? And that's what you want versus like, oh, him, I see this guy. He's always in the fourth heat and uh, he, he... cried during the deadlifts like are you talking about my last performance tim yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> right uh, so uh, so I, I think that's a good thing overall but that mindset will have to change i think that will be good uh, what, what you're seeing the more that the sport changes i feel like the more the philosophy of the juice stays the same yeah. the stuff that you know you've been talking about we've been going out and doing for the last couple of years it matters even more now to follow the process and kind of take those steps as they're supposed to be taken yeah. yeah so i mean i feel like this new format really lends itself well to the juice athletes what they've been doing and then just giving the athletes more of a big picture look at how this is supposed to go rather than just being like, it has to be next year. I have to just train and beat myself into the ground, you know? Right. And we look at it like we go, why does it have to be next year? Yeah. Well, is that going to help your Instagram followers? Is that going to help something? I mean, look, if it's to pay some bills somehow, I get it. I I get why high school athletes go straight to the pros. You're broke. Right. There's going to be a lot of money for your family. Yeah. And they're like, well, what about one year of college? Like, oh, I'm sure he's going to open up a a physics laboratory (laughs) if, if, if basketball doesn't go out like no he's gonna make 50 million bucks if this goes right i would go all in too sure so again if it is a financial thing where someone's like i gotta get into regionals or a lot of palooza because that's how i will feed my kids 
dude, let's get in, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not really an internally driven thing for most people in the sport, because the money isn't there, then it becomes, I got to get to this event. Why? Well, I just will be cool if I get in. Does it help you? Does it, is it a stepping stone? Does that get you the experience you need to compete against them at the games? The reason I wanted a lot of our people to do Wadapalooza in Dubai was when they make the games, I want them to know I compete against this person and I've already beaten them in workouts. Yeah. They're not magical. They're not mythical. They're really fit, awesome athletes. Cool. And they're beatable because everyone's beatable every day. Yeah. That comes from an intrinsic motivation and what your why is in alignment of your training and your purpose versus when it's external going, if I get into regionals, I don't care if I'm in the fourth heat. I don't care if I can't deadlift the weight because I cheated all my scores and I did this. And I, just was, <laughs> I just had a good engine, but I haven't worked strength because who cares? It's not in the open, really. I'll get more followers. Maybe a girl will like me a little more or something. And you go, dude, there's a lot of ways to get girls to like you yeah. versus, you know, uh, how having to like deadlift a little more you know what i mean so uh so that part it it comes down to that and that's been a guiding principle for us from the start and i think coming from sports where we didn't make much money we had to really get clear of why we liked it like no i'm an athlete inside and out and that's why i do this is because i love competing and not i love competing when the workouts are good for me you know you just even touched on something that is really cool you you were saying it's good to send some of our athletes to dubai and wadapalooza to get them that floor time with these other athletes and be like, yeah, you know, I can't compete. I can't stand here and do this. You know, I feel like that is that opportunity to gain that experience wasn't there before. And now you can do it, you know, so it's even like another, another step to the process that is now added for these athletes. So I think it's a great thing. Big time. Yeah. I mean, who, who could compete against Tia before or Matt, maybe you're in their region and maybe in their heat, maybe like that's very minimal. And now, I mean, they, yeah, they, they showed up one time a year and they basically breeze through the open regionals and then in the games that's it you know that's the only time you get to compete against them yeah and and, and I, I remember those thoughts coming up in as an athlete uh, when i was 18 or 17 i had to fight a guy who was a two-time olympic silver medalist uh, actually uh tony graf's coach a uh, juan moreno yeah right, two-time olympic silver medalist who's making a comeback we fought at the quarterfinals of nationals and i was so psyched out before the fight because i thought he was going to have special olympic moves like yep. moves that you just learned from being in the olympics they, they right? don't teach them to you until you qualify <laughs> no you can't oh yeah you had to go there and they're like check this out like he, he knows the dim mock now you gotta get the death touch uh, <laughs> right yeah and like, like it, 10 so, point deadly finger yeah, like you're yeah. gonna start bleeding out of your eyes and stuff yeah I, I'm, I'm beating the crap out of him i'm up like 20 nothing and he's like Time for the Olympic move. <laughs> I'm like, ah, what happened to Tim? He was a nice kid. Well, he fought someone from the Olympics. Yeah. He's dead now. You know, he's never the same. But it took me two rounds of the fight to realize he was just really, really good. Yeah. And he beat me, but whatever. I've lost before. It wasn't I he didn't drag me by my ankles across the ring. <laughs> I hope not. Right? Yeah. But, but but so in my head, that's what I think is going to happen. Those uh, thoughts spiral out of control. Sure, of and they course. Become, yeah. uh, uh, things that then we manifest them. Now we go, oh, well, that's going to happen. I don't feel so good. Oh, I feel sick. And now we talk ourselves out of our good performance. So I want right. athletes at any level, whether it's high level competing or let's say it's someone who wants to go, their goal is to hike a mountain, right? Cool. Let's do a little hill first and get you used to it that 
just a bigger mountain. It's just more steps. We can do it. There's an accumulation phase to everything we do. Even for high-level competition, there is an accumulation phase. I'm not sitting in there yep. to be in the output performance side that you're going to win this event. Like I hope they do, but it's to accumulate the skills they need of navigating the weekend, knowing how to work that hard, recover, mm-hmm. be around everyone, and to not be weird. And so then when it is the games, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in a heat with these people. Well, I've already beat them plenty of times and stuff, so let's go have at it. Yeah, and then you, right? yeah, and then you go in there more anxious and excited than you do nervous and unconfident. Yeah, it's, it's when it's all at once, it's like, you know, sometimes people, they get married and they move in together and they have a kid like all at the same time. And I'm like, that's too much, dog. I had to spread that stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it just, sure. it's, it's a lot at one time to take yeah. on. Same thing here. You know, you go, okay. And some people make it work. Yeah, some people go win their Olympics their first times too. Yep. Sure, it, like it happens. But for me, let's uh, talk about the next step in a few years. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's uh, uh, that, and yeah, that level of comfort and the adaptation comes a little easier. Awesome. I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. Right on, brother. This is super informative. And for those of you guys who want to check out past episodes, please make sure you do that. Hit that subscribe button. For Tim Thackeray, I'm Josh Murillo with the Juice Athlete Compound on training. Mm-hmm.